Well, I'm glad you're here. I really am. I'm glad you're here. And uh, I told you today that we're working this week on legacy, the concept of legacy, and uh, still continuing on the theme that I'm using this year, growing out of the Word of God. These words are your life. Uh, it's not an idle thing, God said. These are not idle words. These words are your life. And so as we consider today, I'm going to introduce you to some people today, and a couple of my colleagues are going to help me do that, uh, who took God's word into their lives. Now, a number of years ago, a best-selling book hit New York Times list, and it's kind of stayed best-selling ever since, and it still turns up there. It was written uh, actually by a Mormon guy, Dr. Stephen Covey, and uh, Mormons have their scriptures and the Word of God. And it happens that when you read the seven habits of highly effective people, it reflects Dr. Covey's studies in the scripture really pretty well. And one of the questions, there, one of the statements he made in there was this. Um, he said, if you carefully consider what you want to be said of you in the funeral experience, you will find your definition of success. I don't know how many of you have attended funerals, but you know, it's pretty common when uh, you attend a funeral, in addition to the message from the Word of God, that different people who knew the deceased will stand up and they'll speak and they'll speak about that person and say things. And I've been at funerals uh, where I thought to myself, if he could, he'd get out of the casket and say, you are a liar. Uh, and I, I've, been to, you know, I've been to other ones that really reflected well what happened, but my, my point that I'm trying to get across to you this week is that, that building a legacy, being a, a man of God, being a woman of God, starts exactly where you are now with small choices, incremental choices. And so before I get into this, I just want to take a minute, and I want you to imagine that you are a spectator at your own funeral years and years and years from now, God willing, and you're hearing people talk about you now that you're gone. Now, just for a second, close your eyes, just to help with the, with the concentration. Just for a second, close your eyes and think about what would you like to hear them say? Well, you won't be there. And you can't control what they say. But you can live the sort of life, a life that leaves a legacy. I, I read this book when I was a young man. I was teaching here at the school. And it, it was profound in my life. Made me think about things I just hadn't thought about before. Because a legacy is not a big deal. It's not your billion dollar that you, know, the, the you had that you willing off to somebody else. A, a legacy is the lasting impact we leave on the world. It's making a meaningful difference that persists beyond our lifetime. It's inspiring future generations. When people who discover something of you and something about you are drawn to walk with God, or they're drawn to do something greater, or they're, suddenly they're given the courage to take a few more steps beyond the steps that they were thinking of taking. It's, it's a legacy. And so today, I want to introduce you to some folks, and uh, I'm going to ask Coach Mike Shaw to come on stage and give me some help with the first one here. 
And uh, Coach Sean and I have been friends for a good long time. And both of us knew Coach Jim Huckabee. Here you go, Mike. And, you know, if, if you've done anything in our gym, you've seen that, that big piece of vinyl we have stuck on the wall for the Huckabee Gymnasium. Come over here, Mike. And so I sent uh, a list of about eight questions to Mike. And uh, more than we're ever going to try to cover here. We're just going to be in it for a few minutes here to spark his thinking. Um, but so I'll talk about the questions just so you know. How did coach inspire you? What are the most important lessons you learned? Can you describe his coaching style? How that affected you? Uh, any specific moments you'll never forget? Uh, how do you think his approach, his philosophy has shaped you and will continue to shape you? Uh, what piece of advice did you get from him that you've shared a lot over the years? And uh, how did he contribute to your professional development? And how he helped you grow as a person, not just a player? You know, the lasting impact of Coach Huckabee on a guy like Mike Schaub. So, how long do you figure you could talk about that? An hour? A long time. A, a long, long time. So, I, I told you I wasn't going to just, you know, go down through the list. But I want to see if we go back and forth here just a little bit. And so, orient the group to Coach Jim Huckabee and, and what he did for, for you here at this school. So, Coach Huck if you didn't know, was a coaching legend in the National Christian College ranks and here locally. He's in the Northeast PA Coaching Hall of Fame. Uh, people came from all over the place to watch him coach, watch practice. He was probably the best. Uh, I've been to several practices, different levels. He would rank up there with probably the, one of the best practice coaches that I've ever seen. Organized, tough, detailed. So, um, how does he inspire? I had the privilege to, I never played for Coach Huck, but I was an assistant coach for him and then worked for him as he was the AD and I, I was a coach. Those of us who knew Christ as our Savior, he always pointed people back to Jesus. And he saw salvation for as great as it is. And he reminded those who were around him daily of that. He talked about funerals. I had the privilege to go to Coach Huck's funeral. And they did talked about his humanity. And they gave examples, funny examples of how he messed up. And, how he, and he was genuine with that. He was authentic. He wasn't a fake. And he shared that. And I came from situations where you had to be a certain way in Christianity, he blew that out of the water. And he, reckoned, he, he allowed me to be me, the way God made me. And he was like, it's okay to have fire in your belly and want to fight. Just do it for the right reasons. Um, that's a little bit. Would you like me to keep going? Well, no, wait, wait, that's, that's a good, you can feel like you know him a little bit. I mean, seen his picture plenty of times. And, and uh, you know, he was, he was here 40 years at the school. He invested heavily in the place uh, from 68 to 2008, uh, doing just an array of jobs here. Uh, I'm just curious, when, when you think of him, what, what words that, that he said, you heard him say or he said to you, comes back to you? Ego, edging God out or exalting God only. That came um, from, from him? Came from him. Okay, I thought that was yours. No, <laughs> no, I'm not that smart. <laughs> 
genuineness, authentic, um, relational. Uh, Coach Huck was tough, but you knew he cared about you, so you allowed him to be tough on you. Okay, so this picture you're painting, you know, because I've I watched you coach, right? Yeah, and, you know, and I've worked together a long time, and it it sounds like you're like Huckabee too. Yes, yeah, he influenced when you know leaders influence, and I saw that he was successful and. I think, you know, he was helpful in my development as a coach, as a young man, as a husband, as a father, um, sharing me examples that he made mistakes in because I could be capable of making the same mistakes. And his authenticism, uh, his genuineness, his authentic spirit allowed me to admit mistakes and grow and uh, allowed him to push me. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good chunk of a legacy. Uh, you'll, you'll meet him one of these days, as Mike said, he's with the Lord. Uh, but that's a good chunk of a legacy uh, because Coach was intense. Um, he had the idea for the Teen Leadership Conference and he started it and developed it. And then when he left here for a couple of years to go out to a college in California, I remember sitting with him in his office and uh, he gave me three sheets of paper. And he said, well, he says, Jim, you're gonna be the next TLC director. And on these three sheets of paper are some things that you'll find useful. But I started with nothing. So see what you can do with it. Uh, the, the, the whole idea that, that he would trust me with his baby, with mm -hmm. TLC. Uh, you know, I, I found that in him, that he was willing to just say, okay, you, you can do this. Um, you know, a confidence builder. One last thing, I'll let you go. Do you want to say about coach? Or want me to ask a question? Um, okay. You can ask me a question. I'll do that. Give us an event, give us an instance, give us a time. They're in the office when you're assistant coaching for him, when he watched you coach. Uh, give us a time when he stepped into your life and did something that's just echoed over the years. You got one? He served. Um, I first started coaching with him, I was doing laundry, um, mopping the floors, practice gear, uh, I got to go scout, and uh, he would give me five bucks to get dinner. Well, after I go scout, you know, back then, a uh, long time ago, a soda was 25 cents, so it's not like it is today, right? Um, out of his own pocket. I watched him, and other people do that here, too. Um, he cared. He served. He always took time. If I come in his office, he was a vice president too. If I came in his office and had a question, he stopped whatever he did, put it aside, looked me in the eyes, and had time for me. This guy's a legend, and he took time for me. Uh, I think about that a lot. Um, and, and ego, edging God out, mm -hmm. exalting God only. What's my motivation for what I do, what I do? And that has affected the way that I do things. It does. Well, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you coming up.
also, Coach was skilled in coaching in ways that most of you aren't, right? Uh, he had the skill set. So that's not the legacy he leaves. But the stuff that Coach Shaw was talking about, that's stuff that we can do. Well, so I have two other people that I want to introduce you to. Now, uh, Coach Huckabee did teach on our faculty. He had a master's in history, I think, from Pepperdine. Uh, so he did teach on our faculty. Uh, but I want to introduce you to two other teachers on our faculty, and I want one of our faculty members to help me do that. Uh, and so Dean and Dr. Janet Hicks, would you please come to the stage? I gave Dr. Hicks a different list of questions than the ones I gave Coach Shaw. And uh, questions were first about this woman right here. This is Dr. Ruth Haycock. Uh, Dr. Haycock served for 35 years on our faculty. 1951 to, yeah, it was a long time. Um, she was here for 76, I guess it was. She was here for a long, long time. And she taught uh, in the area of education. She was our first faculty member to have an earned doctorate. Uh, she got a doctorate at uh, Syracuse University while she was here. And uh, so, Dr. Hicks, you took some classes from Dr. Haycock, right? Wait a minute, this, this will make things easier. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> okay. And I also served as a part-time secretary for her. Okay. Now, I've been inside the office where that picture is. You probably spent more time there. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's start with a, an experience. When, when you think of Dr. Haycock, does an experience with her come back? I would say a consistency of experience would be what I would note most specifically about Dr. Haycock. She was tall, she had an imposing um, carriage, and she was very professional mm -hmm. in all of her handling of students and problems. Like someone else we know. Yes. <laughs> but what I found was so important about Dr. Haycock was that her teaching about biblical integration was the reason I came to this institution as an undergrad. And I think she came to this institution as an undergrad because that biblical foundation was so very important for her. So the day my husband came home with her published book about biblical integration and all of the subjects, K to 12, and I had typed part of it. <laughs> and um, I had even made a mistake and she said, people make mistakes, just fix it. And then she made a mistake and I, and I was kind of went trembling, I think this is not quite right. And she goes, well then just fix it. And so I found that she was very human, very professional, very dedicated to conveying the things of God to the students and modeled it to her uh, peers and very personable and I admired that. Okay, so having known Coach Huckabee and knowing Coach Shaw, with, you know, the exuberance, the intensity, okay, it, it's easy to see how people like that inspire but as Dr. Hicks has said, uh, Dr. Haycock was a much quieter person. Mm -hmm. How did she inspire? Consistency, professionalism. Okay. Um, just the, she would tilt her head and listen carefully and she would answer carefully and that was um, spread out with all of her students. And I think that her certitude 
in the scriptures made us sit up and take notice. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, and as, as Dr. Hicks says, she was well-respected. Uh, and part of that is just for her She already had a degree in teaching before she came to enroll at Baptist Bible Seminary up in Johnson City. She already had a degree in teaching, and she just wanted to come in and add to some Bible. Mm-hmm. And they never let her leave nope. once they found out what they had there. Okay, so you were taught by and worked with Dr. Ruth Haycock. Uh, here is Miss Joyce McNamee, uh, also now a 25-year faculty veteran. Um. Okay, well, if Dr. Haycock taught me to think deeply and philosophically and biblically, and she did, um, I would say Miss McNamee, I did my student teaching with her in, in Cleveland, Ohio, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. But she taught me how to put it to practice. And she was not afraid of laughing and having a good time with students. Uh, she taught me that it was okay to be myself. The very first day I got to student teaching, she said, okay, you're teaching eighth grade Bible today. So I swallowed hard and I jumped in. But she taught me how to put all of that theory and that philosophy and scripture into full practice. Okay, you got us started on this, but what can you hear her saying to you? If God asks you to do it, you can. Ooh, that's really, really good. The um, year I was made dean, Mm -hmm. uh, she came for homecoming and we were standing out watching the soccer game because we all know soccer is God's sport. Um, But we were standing out there and I was talking to her and I was a little bit um, cowered by what I had been asked to do. And she put her hands on either side of my face and she said, did you seek this? And I said, no. Did God put you here? I had to say yes. And then she said, then just do it. And that helped. It's worked out rather well over these years, I think. Oh, good, as the I still have a job. Who, as, as, as the person who stuck you in there, uh, I think it's worked out okay. Okay, so any last words about either Dr. Haycock or Miss McNamee? Ladies, these women were ladies. They didn't buy into some of the philosophies that are around today. They were single. I was married. Um, We had tasks to do that God had asked, and they were not only professional and gracious and loving and listening, but they remained true to the persons that God had asked them to be. So don't forget that you are a lady. I know it's an old-fashioned term, but we are. And that's something that God has asked us to contribute to the world no matter what our circumstances may be. And I thank the Lord for their example. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks very much, Dr. Hicks. When Miss McNamee retired, she decided to start being a missionary. South America, Ukraine, and she was just unstoppable. Um, Let's see. I used to have a pencil in my desk uh, that she gave out. And, you know, you guys know what a pencil is, right? <laughs> Should not tease you like that. But you can get pencils and, and you, can, you can have things embossed on them. And what was embossed on that pencil that Ms. McNamee had given out to her students was, be a person worthy of imitation. 
So I, I really do believe uh, that when the writer of Hebrews said, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, then he starts talking about what we should do. Lay aside the weight. Lay aside the sin that clings to us so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us looking to Jesus. I, I really do believe that, you know, Hebrews 12, building off Hebrews 11, that it's the example of other people that helps get us there. It's the word in flesh that helps get us there. Now, this is a picture that some of you have been here for a while, seen me uh, show before. This is actually taken before the school was founded uh, in front of First Baptist Church in Johnson City, New York. Those five people there, the ones in the middle, uh, they were called the three ladies. And we'll talk about one of them today. Uh, according to what Arthur Bowser wrote in Holding Fast, the Faithful Word, uh, Hazel Vibbard taught Bible analysis. Now listen to this. And then you can th thank God for Dr. Buchanan. Hazel Vibbard taught Bible analysis. She expected her students to find and memorize the key theme and verse in every chapter of the Bible. There's a lot of them. Okay, and, and she expected her students to do that. You say, I, I couldn't do that. Yes, you could. You're no different than those students back then. Miss um, Fletcher, Elizabeth Fletcher, taught Bible, biblical introduction, Christian education, logic, missions, biblical geography, Bible manners and customs, American literature, and English literature. She was Dr. Hicks and Dr. Buchanan and several other faculty members all boiled down to one. And then there was Miss Thompson. She's there in the middle on this picture. Uh, this is a picture taken close to the end of her life. Miss Thompson taught Bible, history, church history, biblical criticism, public speaking, and she was the dean of women, and she was a seminary 